Hello everybody and welcome back to Witch Fix. Uh, today I'm going to be talking about uh, a game that's been out for a good old long time and that is Tomb Raider Legend. This game makes me feel well and truly old because I remember being excited for it coming out in 2006 which was when it was released and we had it on the PS2 which was like our home's only console for a good long while and a good long while past when you know the new generation of consoles came out and uh, I remember really loving this game and I was reviewing the new Tomb Raider and I was realising throughout that review that I was talking about this game a lot and I was like actually this game has like a lot of Arthurian myths and legends in which a lot of people in like modern paganism are kind of drawn to and it has several kind of witchy characters as well uh, and a lot more magic-y stuff going on than even you know the Tomb Raider games that I have previously reviewed so I was like why aren't I reviewing this game? And then I decided to review this game. And that began quite a saga, uh, a Lara saga, if you will. I got straight on eBay. I bought a copy for £4 from, I think it was Music Magpie, because they have a lot of stuff on there. And then I waited for it to arrive, and it took like a week to turn up, and it, then it did come. Um, in the meantime, I had started to play Rise of the Tomb Raider, which is the second game in the, the new trilogy. So I had to finish that first because I'm kind of anal about that. I don't like having lots of games on the go at once. So then when I actually got around to it uh, and playing Legend, it wouldn't run. Uh, and I knew it was backwards compatible because I've actually done my research for once. Uh, so I went away and I cleaned it and I finally got it to run after like putting it in like five different times. It installed. I played the first level. And then it took me a while to get through that level because I was obviously fresh from New Tomb Raider, which works a lot better and is a lot less fiddly and it took me a while to get into the controls but then I did and then I had to wait a whole week while I was at work before it could be the weekend and I could play this again and then when I did I put the disc in and it didn't want it didn't work and I tried it like seven or eight times cleaned it again tried it again it just didn't want to run so I had to return that disc and then buy a new copy and then that took a week to come but eventually we got it to work so uh here are some thoughts. As I said, it did take me a little while to get back into because this is back when games had levels and when they were quite linear as opposed to the new Lara Croft games, which are obviously quite free roaming. They are linear in places, but there are quite large areas for you to explore. And I'd forgotten Lara's historic propensity to handle like literally a buffalo on Healy's. Uh, I not very well. And so it took like an hour and I was having my eyes assaulted by just like terrible graphics and trying to get her to stop like flexing her thighs at the camera and actually do some fucking climbing before I could get into it and I don't want to um rag on the graphics too much because they were good for PS2 but comparing them because obviously this is the Xbox 360 version to play on my Xbox One Comparing that to even like later Xbox 360 games like Dragon Age Inquisition makes me want to cry um, because it just doesn't look that great. Um, the ruins you spend a lot of your time in, especially in the first couple of levels, are really blocky and brown. And there isn't a lot of um, texture to things or, you know, foliage and stuff added in because they just didn't do things like that in 2006. And also the character models are vaguely cartoony. They kind of look like a mannequin that someone has screen printed a cartoon face on, which is not great. Uh, I'm not going to get too down on it for the graphics because obviously it was 2006, that was like over 10 years ago, it's not going to look as good as modern games, we get it, but you should be aware going in 
that um, if you're going to go and back and play this for some witchy content that it's not going to be particularly easy on the modern eye. Although I find with older games, it's sort of like watching black and white films. Like f at the start, you're just like, oh, this is weird. I'm not used to watching things that look like this. And then after a bit, you just get into it and you just forget what modern games look like. Your brain adjusts and you kind of start seeing, I guess, what the developers originally saw when they were like, this is what we're going for. And this is how close we could get to what we wanted you to see. And your imagination is just going to have to do the rest. It's also not particularly fair of me to keep comparing the game to the modern Tomb Raider, but I'm going to do that anyway, because I feel like between the two of them, they actually have elements that if they were combined would make my favourite Tomb Raider game ever. Uh, and they kind of complete each other in that respect. So I'll start with a brief description of the plot. Um, this is actually the second game in what was then the rebooted trilogy. So there was Tomb Raider Anniversary, Tomb Raider Legend, Tomb Raider Underworld or Trondworld. And... Anniversary was pretty much like a straight remake of one of the PS1 uh, Lara Croft games and I can vouch for it being pretty much a straight remake for about a third of the way in. I have no idea if the rest of it is because me and my brother were like 10 when we tried to play the first Tomb Raider and surprisingly did not manage to finish it. It just felt like the game that would not end. So in that game you were trying to find the Skion of Atlantis and you're trying to find it because it contains like a huge amount of knowledge like more than the Library of Alexandria or whatever, and you're trying to use it to um, finish a quest that your father was on to find out what happened to your mother and how she died. So Lara kind of goes on a journey trying to find this thing where she ends up having to kill people and do all sorts of things that essentially mould her into a more ruthless Tomb Raider type Lara Croft. And then at the end, you find out that the lady who hired you to get the Atlantic ski on is actually like one of the rulers of Atlantis who betrayed the other two. And she has bat wings and a lot of weird mystical shit happens. That has very little to do with the plot of this game, aside from the fact that you're now on the trail of the thing that you think is responsible for your mum's death. And I guess that you found that because of the Atlantic ski on. You end up going to, I think, Bolivia in the first level and finding a dais, which you and your mother discovered when your plane crashed there when you were a little girl. And your mother was talking to something in a portal and then she yanked a sword out of the dais and she disappeared. And Laura is on the trail of trying to find out what the fuck happened there and where her mum might have gone. And then you also, at the end of the first level, you see a lady called Amanda, who's kind of like amazing she has like bleached blonde hair and she looks like <laughs> kind of gothy and she has leather pants which is super cool or you know like 2006 me thought that was super cool and she was your friend who died supposedly on an archaeological dig when lara was a lot younger and when you go back to where the site of that dig you find just her shoe at the site of the cave-in that you thought killed her so amanda clearly survived and now you're on a dual mystery hunt trying to find out how the fuck that happened and also what happened to your mum and those two things are obviously connected. The game goes on to connect various different myths about uh, mystical shamans or wizards like for example Merlin who helped a ruler ascend to power by giving them a magical staff or sword. I have no idea how tied into reality the myths quoted are but you know the Arthurian one seems pretty legit so... I'm just going to believe whatever they told me. And you're on the trail of all these deuses because they all relate to these individual myths. And eventually you do go to Cornwall, the exotic locale of Cornwall, to an Arthurian museum. 
um, to break into a tomb that's underneath it, which is like King Arthur's tomb or whatever. With that said, and the, the plot reasonably described, just to get into what Lara Croft is like, um, I've been kind of lumbered with young, desperate, kind of constantly getting attacked and falling down Lara from the new trilogy. So it was kind of a nice to have a return to sassy adult Lara, who has literally two guns and uses them to deal with all of life's problems. Like, I can dual wield again and I'm excited for it. Uh, Keely Hawes' voice acting is as amazing as I remember it being, and she manages to make something really good out of what is at times pretty witless dialogue. The same can't be said of some of the other voice actors, um, with special mention going to Lara's mum, who sounds just mildly put out during a plane crash, like someone has brought her the wrong hors d'oeuvre. And child Lara is also not very well voiced, but then I guess they're only in like a few cutscenes at the beginning, so no one really cared that much. How the fuck ever? The male gaze is or was alive and well and definitely present and chasing Lara around her blocky brown playpen. Uh, her waist is actually smaller than her thighs and her chest quite literally defies gravity as she flips and tumbles and swims around and uh, literally like Pamela Anderson pretending she doesn't have a film crew directly in her ass. And that's not to mention her clothes. There are a number of outfits. I think you get like a new one for every level and you can then unlock them and equip them to play back over previous levels but most of them leave Lara's legs arms midriff and or chest exposed um even when she's climbing around on rocks slithering around in tombs with like knives coming out of the walls so after a few minutes I was thinking of new Lara with a new fondness uh because although she is a little bit whiny at times and helpless she at least wears like cargo pants and a sensible jacket um or, as in the first game, when she was just in a tank top and cargo pants, she had at least been shipwrecked, so that was kind of an excuse. Uh, new Lara also climbs, jumps and moves like an actual human would when traversing difficult environments, rather than someone representing the spearmint rhino in rhythmic gymnastics at the Olympics. Um, a prime example of this is one of Lara's like ledge climbing moves. Can I just say how salty I am that... Instead of her automatically pulling herself up from a ledge, you have to push A. And A is the button for a lot of other things, so sometimes Lara gets confused and will just let go and die. Whose idea was that? Anywho, she does this like little ledge climbing move where she like is clinging from the ledge with her hands and then she flips her legs like over her head to stand on the ledge, like she's doing really dangerous yoga. And it looks like it just wastes huge amounts of energy and is just there to look sexy and tintillating, which I'm not gonna lie, 2006 lesbian me just kind of appreciated that, but now I'm looking at it and I'm like, I miss new Lara who would just kind of fling herself onto ledges and climb like a person. There's a moment in the first level where uh, you're in like a jungle environment and you do your first little bit of swimming, and Lara jumps into some water, which is like crystal fucking clear, and then climbs out the other side and kind of flicks her ponytail and goes, ah, oh, that was lovely. And I start feeling really bad for like new Lara because she had to slither around in water full of like rotting explorers and piranhas. Like the soundtrack had her audibly gagging and gasping with horror. And then you've got old Lara who's just dipping in and out of crystal clear water like a fucking Bond girl continually saying, oh, the water's perfect. Oh, it's so lovely. Um, she does do it more than once, to be fair. So, yeah, it was kind of annoying. 
Some positives about the gameplay, your guns have auto lock on, or at least they did on the lowest difficulty setting, which I put the game on because I was like, I, I needed to be forgiving while I figure out how to platform like it's 2006. Um, the puzzles are actually super, they're not like hard to solve, they're actually quite easy, but they are at least interesting to solve. Um, the reason they're not so hard is because there aren't so many like newfangled textures and things for important cranks and wheels to hide behind. It's quite easy to spot the items that you can interact with. Like you remember in like old Bugs Bunny cartoons, there'd be a bit of section of the wall that was like a different colour and you're like, ah, something's going to come through there because they've drawn it different. That's basically how this Tomb Raider works. So you're like, ah, this box, it has more detail than the other boxes. I bet I can move it. Speaking of boxes, uh, someone clearly had a burst of creativity and they were like, 2006 is the future, let's try and innovate gameplay. Because they've done away with that old, like, here is an object that you can move and here is the linear path on which you can move it. Because Lara can now just drag boxes diagonally across floors and doesn't, like, have to follow a specific track. And if you think controlling Lara Croft is difficult when she's just walking around. You try controlling her when she can push a box in multiple directions. Because my god is that frustrating. It's not so bad when you're just trying to like move a box across a floor because it doesn't have to be lined up perfectly. It can just be diagonal and weird. Because a lot of the times even when you're trying to push something in a straight line the game is like oh no but you've pushed the directional stick one degree to the left so you must want her to just turn the box that way and you're like no game no. It gets really annoying when there are moments where you have to push a blocks along to stop you getting stabbed by knives, but she keeps turning the box sideways so you do get stabbed by knives. And there's one moment when, in quite a fun level actually, you're in like a modern office block in Japan because you're trying to like steal an artifact from there. She gets this like metal ball thing, which is like a modern art piece, and she has to like push it in front of her so she doesn't get shot to pieces by a turret. But if pushing a box diagonally is hard, pushing an orb is even worse. And she just continuously wants to both roll the orb while moving it and move around it. So I kept getting shot in the leg, which was unpleasant. That can be quite frustrating. Uh, other things that are quite frustrating are her ability or lack thereof to just grab ropes. They clearly again gone for something like, oh, we can be really creative and Lara can like jump and grab vines and ropes and chains and various other things she needs to grab which would be fine if she would reliably grab them and if it didn't take you like 20 minutes to get back to the point where you could have another go at grabbing the fucking rope and the camera doesn't really want to play ball I, again refer back to new Lara where you can just move the camera wherever you want but in old Lara the camera kind of swivels around like they were making a movie and they wanted to get the best possible action shot which means that sometimes instead of pushing left you now have to push up to jump to another pole when you're on a pole and if you don't get it just right she will just vault off into nothingness and die that can be quite frustrating and some quite simple things like just getting across a room became really difficult whereas some of the more complicated puzzles i could handle no problem but it was just like getting her to just get across a room was just really difficult also a lack of cues of what you can interact with and what you can't uh, I kept getting stuck in places because I didn't realize that you could open doors or uh, interact with like mystical glowing orbs because normally in a game like a modern game if you can interact with something you'll go up to it and it'll have like a button pop up in front of it like push Y to open or whatever 
this doesn't have that you just have to kind of run into doors and push y and if it's a door you can open it will open and if it's a door that's painted on the wall it will do nothing so there are definitely levels of frustration to get into when you're playing this game but if you are able to accustom yourself or reaccustom yourself to like the old timey ways of gaming then you'll probably get through it no problem in terms of witchy content to the game there's quite a bit obviously you have the the avalon myth there's also a lot of mystical goings on happening the various people you meet who have different shards of what is essentially excalibur uh, they use those and have magic powers and then later on a later stage in the game you get to use the full sword as well so you have like a magic weapon you also obviously encounter Amanda several times and Amanda managed to escape from the cave-in at Ye Olde Temple of Poor Construction by grabbing this weird gem off the wall that had kind of a skull on it and in doing so she gained control of like an ancient shadowy supernatural monster which kind of makes her very witchy and cool as does the aforementioned cool kind of goth chick thing she has going on. So that's quite fun and witchy as well. Also because of Lara's general sassy, empowered kind of I'm just going to shoot you and take the ancient thingy because I want it. It, it does give that nice kind of like witchy feeling of her obviously having a lot of power and control over the situations that she's in. Except for the parts where she's like falling face first into a spike pit because I missed a two second button prompt. So there we have it. Um, I will mention if you have the desire to seek out and play this game that obviously it's quite cheap. You can still find it in disc form in various places. It is backwards compatible to the Xbox One. I have no idea if it is on PlayStation, but you might be able to play PlayStation 2 copies on like a PS3 if you have one of those kicking around. Um, what I will mention is that it is obviously the second game in a trilogy. You don't have to have played Tomb Raider Anniversary really to understand or appreciate the plot i watched um like a catch-up movie of it on youtube where someone had just taken all the cutscenes and put them together to tell you the plot and you can just read the wikipedia page if you care that much you do however get left on a cliffhanger at the end of this game uh lara finds out a few things about like whether her mother is really dead or not spoiler alert from 2006 she is not when she pulled the sword out of the dais right at the start she was transported to the mythical land of avalon and now lara has to like find a way to get her back this rolls into tomb raider underworld the game where you also get to see amanda again and where the flying batwing lady from tomb raider anniversary makes another appearance as one of the antagonists of the game so if you do want to complete the story um, of the plot of Tomb Raider Legend you probably will have to play Underworld which I don't think is the best game ever but I will review that one separately and doing so will probably require you to be a little bit familiar with Tomb Raider Anniversary. Anniversary is ridiculously expensive online it's like 20 quid so I'm not going to buy that and I would venture to say neither should you but you can get Underworld and Legend for about £3 a piece so I don't find that too awful i think they did release like a collection where you could get all three on the same disc you might be able to get that for xbox one i don't know so go and google that because i can't be bothered to right now i hope you've enjoyed this episode and will pray for me as i continue to struggle with Lara croft and her weirdly magnetic ass that just wants to fall to the ground at any opportunity and hopefully you'll tune into the next episode where i will get to grips with tomb raider underworld and hopefully conquer my fear of 
in-game underwater swimming. I have no idea if I'm afraid of swimming underwater in real life. I don't feel like confronting that today, but we'll see how we go. Anyway, if you want to get in touch, you can do so in the normal ways. Check the description box for this episode, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye!